This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Subscribe to the podcast Beyond Politics. They host some of the biggest names and smartest minds. Beyond Politics is from a former Democratic congressman who helped ignite Barack Obama's campaign and a former campaign manager and political columnist. They go beyond the usual chatter on politics, news, science, and books. It's politics and everything beyond. On Beyond Politics, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Broadcasting live on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and in the evening on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. It is the Matt McNeil Show for your Friday. Good to be with you today. Matt and Patrick here today. Patrick, you are noticing, and for the fine people watching on the, the camera here, you notice me my brand new shirt, huh? I like it. Yeah. This is called taking trolling to a new level. It is the new Minnesota, state of Minnesota flag. And for all our Chicago listeners... um. Minnesota had a flag that actually had racist imagery on it. It actually had uh, what you know Native Americans considered to be a white farmer running a Native Amer- American man off his land, and so it needed to be upgraded. Plus, the fact that it was part of those you know there and you know Illinois has got one, Indiana's got one. It's just kind of this series of kind of ugh, flags that came out of the 1840s, 1850s, basically copying the same you know pattern over and over again. So Minnesota had a very bipartisan group of people come up with a brand new state flag and this is it although it's not up in this imagine me flapping in the wind okay so there you go and uh the flag uh is quite good actually uh and of course every conservative hates it even though like some of the most conservative politicians in the state were part of this committee they all hate it they hate it hate it with the fire of a million suns i already have one flag flying outside my house and now i'm wearing one and yes, it's it's a lovely, lovely one. I can tell you where we got I got this uh, a little bit later on. But hey, no, enjoy. Find it. <laughs> oh, oh, there's just there's nothing better than watching them just lose it. Oh, I like the flag. It's simplistic. It's got a nice design. It's kind of pretty. It kind of does represent, uh, uh, you know, yeah, it's uh it's a good, sh- it's, it's a good flag. It's a good shirt. I like it. So I'll be obviously showing that off coming up here a little bit later on in regards to dancing on a Friday. Uh, I'm going to keep up to date here on the, uh, Fannie Willis, uh, the, the last of her testimony today that this is the, this whole, you know, joke of a, of a, an attempt to derail her is it really is pretty, you know, pretty obnoxious. And as a matter of fact, uh, he, the, even the judge has already kind of made the the comment today that, wait a second here, even if she did lie in this case, wouldn't it be better for a disciplinary hearing than, a poor, uh, than remove her? Um, so, and yeah, and in, in, in case you have not followed it, basically the whole thing boils down to two things. One, that there, the, the the Trump defense team with all this the, in this RICO case is arguing that she uh, hired him after starting to date him, and then they would go on trips and basically he would pay, and that she was not reimbursing, and so she was benefiting from this. 
They had one star witness who was the only person who said that they were dating beforehand, which was her, um, you know, the, the, the district attorney that was working underneath Fannie Willis's, his ex-partner, who yet, I think it was on Wednesday when you find out that basically he said, I have no idea when they started dating. I was just speculating. He couldn't say for sure. And then you found all the text messages between him and the Trump lawyers, which basically shed a pretty, it was, it was clear they were trying to manufacture a crisis here. The whole thing about him spending money and then her reimbursing her and that, and if you listen to the closing, I listened to a little bit of the closing arguments, read a little bit of it earlier today. And it was pretty clear um, that the their whole thing was, well, we know he paid for it. So the question here is, can we trust her that she paid him back? We say she never paid him back, even though we have no evidence that she didn't. Henceforth, fine for us. And, you know, that's not how the law works. So the the, the judge is already kind of sort of, you know, well, I mean, you, you haven't gotten close to the threshold of removing her from the case. So, but this is, you know, I got to tell you what, this Georgia case, he is the most terrified of because he can't postpone this through the Supreme Court like the other cases are being postponed. Or he can't put a, a buddy judge on this. This is the Fulton County attorney. This is a state case. He can't push it off. He's got to deal with this. And so the whole hope was that they could get her kicked off the case. It moved to a different county where there's a very pro-Trump person. And he basically, oh, there's no charges here. And basically, and seen. So it, it, I, I don't know if it's going to go through. Once again, it's to say this has been a light on evidence case from the Trump team is, you know, kind of <laughs> underselling what the term light means. I mean, really, uh, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. So, uh, first of all, I, I had something happen today. Have you ever been kind of, I, I don't want to say friends, because friends to me means someone that... You know, I, you know, I would go out and grab a cup of coffee with or grab dinner with sometime or, you know, I know enough about their their lives where I can talk. Oh, how how is your mom or how are your kids doing? That sort of thing. That's I don't think most social media acquaintances come to that level. But I did have one who I've followed for a few years now and, you know, nice person was really good and. Just today, I found out, no, she's a big Trump person. And now, she never has posted anything about it. I, I went back and I looked, did I just miss this? Nope, she never has. It just was someone, you know, you know, presumed she lives in Los Angeles. She's out there and, you know, she's, she was good. You know, I chatted with her a few times and presumed that she was. And she said, what, what would ever make you think I'm a liberal? For God's sakes, I support Trump. And you're like, oh, uh-oh. And you want to know the truth is, I know too many people to try to kind of avoid the potholes of, you know, a, a friend who is, you know, I, I just, no, I, no, we're good enough, you know. And like I said, friend is a tough term. It's, it's more of an acquaintance, but at the same time, no, I, I you know, he put babies in cages. You know, he's trying to take away everyone's rights. He broke the law. He tried to overthrow the democracy. You know what? No, you, you, you support him. I don't, I'm not really a big fan of that. Now, I do have some friends, some far right friends too, who are big Trump supporters, but I've known them for a long time and they know enough to basically 
not get into my face and on my timeline and start kind of pushing it. They, they, you know, they're, there are some people who, you know, their agenda is everything, Lewis Collins, but, (laughs) and you'll burn any bridge with a friend you could imagine, Jason, but at the same time, um, you know, some of these people realized, well, the quickest way for me to lose most of my friends is if I all of a sudden start screaming at them, and so. I have friends who are conservatives and far right conservatives. And, you know, I don't, I'll, you know, because I've known them for a long time, I'll, you know, we kind of dance around it. But just an acquaintance? No, I'm sorry. I, I've got, there's too many people on the planet and there's too many thing, people in my life already. I don't want to try to make that happen. 952 946 6205. 952 946 6205. Now, I want to take the next bit of time. To go over something which is becoming a far too regular occurrence. And if you're like me, you are seeing this in droves right now. It is the posts, and generally it's in the morning, all of a sudden I'll come across posts from people who are claiming they're a Democrat and they're upset. Uh, there's Joe Biden. He's like, how could you ever run him? He's horrible. He's, he's not going to win. We've lost everything. And generally the complaint comes in on either one of two things. And one is Palestine. And I have talked about this. He's not, I've not been very happy with him. Palestine's news today. They're just going to drop aid into Palestine today after the Israelis bombed a Palestine aid uh, area where you know hungry Palestinians were just trying to get food and they got hundred of them, just disturbing, just disturbing. But apparently they're they're you know going to get some aid into these people um, this weekend. So hopefully, hopefully. And like I said, I can understand your frustration with how Palestine's been handled. Although once again, Joe Biden doesn't run Israel. This is Netanyahu. This is his 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 cabinet of lunacy that's where it is and once again this is not of course israel has a right to defend itself and they definitely had a right to strike back after they were so cowardly attacked in october but at this point i think we can say they've gotten their pound of flesh and i just this is getting i you know it seems like extermination of the palestinians is their primary goal they need to pull back that I can get. Um, the thing I always common kind of offer is that, have you heard what the other side wants to do with the Palestinians? Because multiple Republicans have said they want to line up every Palestinian baby to elderly and put a bullet in their head. Now, I understand Joe Biden has not exactly been the, the you know, you know, you know this, this profile and courage on this issue. But, yeah, there is a difference here. And, you know, I can understand your frustration, but you do understand that if the other side wins, what's in store for the Palestinians? And that's terrifying. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if if Trump wins that there will be U.S. troops on the ground helping to do this to the Palestinians. I would not be surprised by that at all. The other issue that gets brought up a lot is and this is this is kind of my clue that they might not be honest 
is I'm seeing a lot of Democrats try to say, the border is a crisis zone. Now, I should note to you, far more people were actually coming across the border under Trump's reign as president than under Joe Biden's. That's just a fact. More people were coming across the border under Trump's tenure than they are coming under Biden's. Joe Biden put forward a Republican wet dream of a border bill, which once again, the Republicans sabotaged because they were taking orders from Trump. So you want to get upset with Joe Biden about the border. He's trying to do something about it. But the reality is, is that this is the Republicans don't want to do anything about it and they want things to be as bad as possible. But the fact that this is Democrats, you're, you're seeing this, that's my first clue that either we're going we're gonna to play a little game show here. Um, let, let's, let's, let's put it forward. The, new, the name of the game show is, are you fake or are you stupid? Because if you're not supporting Joe Biden this election cycle, I'm sorry, you're either someone fake, a Russian plant, or you're stupid and you're just not paying attention to what the hell is on the other side of the freaking aisle at this point. So yeah, I'm about to get a little hot. We'll take a break. Come on back. It is the Matt McNeil show right here on and the AM 950 and WCPT. is the Matt McNeil show here on your Friday, 952-946-6205. So if you're like me, you're getting these posts. And I get a few of them every morning of a Democrat who's, oh, Joe Biden lost me doing this thing. And like, like we haven't already done this dance before. And so it is time for the game show. Are you fake or are you stupid? Because really the reality is you can, it makes no sense for you to look at what's at stake this election cycle and sit this one out or act like a protest. Now, obviously, if you're a fake person, then I'm not going to to help you. I'll give you a great example. This morning, there was a person at Minnesota made in, M-A-I-D-I-N, one or something like that, who has been popping up in my timeline, making comments, doing this. Joe Biden's lost me. Joe Biden's lost me. So I finally, and it appeared like this person was a Democrat. So I started engaging in the conversation with them and it became pretty clear that this person was being belligerently insistent that Biden was bad. Even when I pointed out the other side, they didn't care. And I said, well, and I even brought up the point. It's like, well, if you've got Generation Z that's mad at them, I want you, especially anyone that's gotten their, their loans forgiven. And this individual went crazy about how dare you talk about that? That's no good deal. I'm like, okay, you're fake. You gotta be fake. If no matter what you're putting forward, you are, this was horrible. The infrastructure bill was bad. He, I hate ice cream, you know, that sort of thing. Then you clearly are not someone who is real. So I'm going to just, the fake people, if, if every issue you bring up with them, and that's my suggestion, if you want to figure out if they're fake, start bringing up other things that Joe Biden has done and see what their reaction is to that. And if they're constantly like, well, that's no good, they're not real people. Because, yeah, they're just that's just someone who's being paid to present themselves as a lefty. And the reality is they're not because I've seen this dance before back in 2016. Now, 
Let's talk about the people who are more idiots. Let me start by asking you a simple question. If you are a Democrat and you are angry at Joe Biden and you're saying to yourself, I'm not going to vote for Joe, all right, how much do you agree with him on? And that's a legit question. I want to ask you that. How much do you agree with Joe Biden on? Is it 90%? of things, you know, you might just be upset with him about Palestine, this, but you know, obviously he's walked the line, he's he's workers' rights, infrastructure improvements, you know, helping pay off student loans, trying to 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 you try to put forward a border bill. I mean, there's a lot of things the guy has done that have been, you know, although I might have a problem or two with the details, I'm okay with. And as much as I disagree with him on the Palestinian thing, which I do disagree with on, um, I still agree with Joe Biden about 90% of the time. Are you, maybe you're not that that much, though. Maybe you're at 80% or 70% or 60%. But you still agree with him more often than you don't. How much do you think you agree with Donald Trump? How much do you think it is? How much do you, do you really bank on? Because I guarantee you, if you're a real Democrat, that's somewhere between 0 and 5 to 10% unless you're an uber wealthy person where he wants to basically just give you a bunch of money. So you can look at me all day long and say something to the effect of, well, you, you know, he, he just, you know, I, he, he's lost me. The reality is what you're saying is someone that you agree with probably 75 to 90% of the time, you're going to forego that candidate and make sure, because once again, I want to make sure you understand something. Even if you don't vote at all, that's a vote for Trump. It really is. And you may not like that, but that's the reality. This election comes down to two people, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. You can't woulda, shoulda, coulda another candidate in there. They're not there. This is Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, and that's it. And the reality is, is I think that any of these third-party candidates were initially kind of encouraged by the right, but when they realized they'd actually take more votes away from the right than they would take from the left, they've been kind of told to stay out of the way. The Joe Manchins and, you know, Kennedy's still out there, but I, I think that, you know, this this no labels party, I think it's just, you know, just fizzling right in front of us. So you don't like that, that's fine. But if you do not jo- vote for Joe Biden, whether that's voting for Donald Trump or just sitting it out, you are by far making sure Trump wins. And that's just a reality. So you are basically saying a guy I disagree with 75% to 90% of the time, I'm going to make sure they lose. So I get someone who I agree with zero to 5% of the time. And to you knuckleheads du jour, who back in 2016 tried to put the argument forward that, well, maybe he is worse, but I'd rather see this, the country burn and we rebuild. Okay. You do understand, first of all, that's going to hurt a lot of people, but that burn doesn't mean that the people, the, the country kind of implodes and then the people arm in arm walk into the town square and rewrite the constitution. That's not going to happen. What would burn is the fact that Donald Trump wants to kill off democracy. That's what would burn. So you sit there and you act as if this is no consequences for you sitting on the sideline. But I'm letting you know there are dramatic consequences for this. He hasn't resonated with me. <laughs> Please. Oh, come on, man. Seriously? 
I've already danced this dance twice in my lifetime. Let's go to 2000. Ralph Nader fans. And I know there's a lot of people that listen to the station that like Ralph Nader. Ralph Nader gave us George W. Bush. And I remember after that election, after Gore v. Bush was settled by the, or, you know, was fixed by the Supreme Court, that basically all the Nader fans were walking around the cock of the walk. Look at me go. We made a difference. We made, you have to pay attention to us. And then came 9-11. And then all of a sudden, you guys realized what you really did do. Oh my God. Well, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. Well, because then you're idiots. You're idiots. Because that could have happened. And then when he declared war in Iraq, who had nothing to do with 9-11, and Dick Cheney was out there with, uh, uh, smoking gun's going to be a mushroom cloud. Remember all that? All that made-up evidence? All the fake lies and all that stuff? Judith Miller over the Times? I remember all that. And you guys, all of a sudden, you weren't nearly as brave and proud of what you did in 2000 at that point after we killed a few hundred thousand Iraqis, had 33,000 dead Americans. Just disturbing. Actually, I think it was 33,000 injured Americans. It was, what, 7,000 dead American soldiers? You just sat there and you you all of a sudden try to act like, well, that wasn't our fault. Yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of was. Because you didn't think through what you were going to do. You just sat there and said to yourself, we're going to protest vote because he, he hasn't resonated with me. Al Gore didn't give me a foot rub. <laughs> and because he didn't give me a foot rub, even though I agree with him on 70, 75, 80% of what, we, what I believe in, <laughs> I'm going to make sure the other guy wins. Oh my God, I didn't want that to happen. Yeah, that is what happened. That is what happened. And guess what? It happened a second time. Spoiler alert. We'll come back to that when I do return. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It is the Matt McNeil Show. Broadcasting in the evenings on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk and in the afternoons on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. So, once again, I'm starting to get a lot of these you know, so-called Democrats saying, Joe Biden's lost me with either Palestine or the border or both. Now, once again, we can talk about what Trump would do in Palestine, which I guarantee you, if you don't like what Biden's doing, you're really not going to like what Trump's doing. And the border issue, considering that's a manufactured, made-up issue from the Republicans, then I'm just presuming. Because really, once again, and I said this yesterday, the Republicans cannot run on this election if this election is about abortion, in vitro fertilization, should presidents get away with crime, health care, should democracy stand at the end of it, any of that stuff. It's it basically, you know, they, they can't run against that because they're going to lose. So they had they have successfully created a a hair a red herring a, a a a faux pas issue that basically 
is what they're saying. This was the only issue, and the media is clearly going along with it. So, yeah, it is, it's kind of a joke. And it should be a reminder, as, as much as they want to complain about Joe Biden, Joe Biden had a plan put forward, and the Republicans killed it because Trump. So, but I've said, you know, basically, either you're fake, which, you know, you, you can kind of figure that out. Just ask them about various Biden issues. And when they start saying every issue is bad, then they're clearly not a Democrat. That's just a fake account. If they basically just they well, it's this issue and I'm going to send a message. You, you need to start educating them because once again, we've seen this before. And I mentioned Ralph Nader in 2000 where, you know, a lot of people who agreed with Al Gore 75, 80, 90 percent of the time probably, you know, stepped out of the election and then W won. And then when 9-11 happened, all of a sudden they were, oh my God, I didn't mean for him to be in charge now. Yeah, well, you know, good thinking, idiots. You know, and frankly, I, I don't have any problem saying that. Then came 2016. And I remember this was, the, clearly the Russians were working their troll farms out pretty hardcore to get Hillary Clinton defeated. And... They basically utilized the frustrated Bernie fans. They played, they, they, they manipulated them like a fiddle. I mean, they just did. And they gladly went along and said, I'm not going to vote for a person who I agree with 75, 80, 90% of the time. I'm going to sit this one out. How bad could things get? And I kept looking around. I was like, hey, you, you, what? What do you mean how bad things can get? Have you seen Donald Trump? He mocked a disabled man before the election. The Access Hollywood tape came out before the election. But Hillary Clinton, she didn't make me breakfast and have coffee ready for me, so she hasn't won me over. She hasn't resonated with me. And so you sat it out, and Trump won. And you guys were once again the cock of the walk, running around saying, we sent a message. Yeah, message your fools and easily manipulated putting a grossly unqualified human being, the narcissist of all narcissists, the human man-child, orange Julius Caesar himself, into office, and then sitting there, and when he put babies into cages, you are, well, I didn't want that to happen. Why do you guys keep bringing up 2016? I, I, I didn't mean for three Supreme Court justices. Yeah. But you were so proud of yourself in the days afterwards, proud of what you did. Like the Nader fans back in 2000, so proud of what you did. You unloaded that entire freaking gun into your foot and then reloaded so you could shoot it in the foot again, over and over again. So here we are. Once again, another election cycle. And Donald Trump needs a ton, a ton of Democrats to stay home if he's got any chance at winning. And so once again, the troll farms are starting back in. And this goes back to my game show. Are you fake or are you an idiot? And yeah, a lot of them are fake. And you have to anticipate that. If they're talking about the border, I guarantee, almost guarantee that's, that's, that's fake. Because that's a Republican talking point. It just is. And like I said, you know, hey, I'm not happy with Biden on Palestine, but I'm paying attention to what the other side of the aisle is doing. 
And even if you even if you were a Democrat who was concerned about the border, which I'm, yeah, I to a point I'm concerned about the border. I'm not to the point where it's the most important thing by a mile in this election cycle for me at least. Should be noted that Donald Trump wants people to be able to basically shoot immigrants as they come across the border. No questions asked. You're here, bang, done. That doesn't sound like if if you're upset about things, that doesn't sound like a good solution. And how long till some idiot in Texas starts firing rounds into Mexico? And all of a sudden we are looking at a large scale conflict because they just basically can't stand brown people. It is what it is. So here we are once again. And the trolls are out. Joe Biden lost me. You are not happy with Trump Biden. I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm not going to argue with you on that. I'm not going to say you're wrong. It is kind of unfortunate that this is the the choice we have, but this is the choice we have. There is no mysterious third-party candidate. There's not someone sitting behind the secret door getting ready to tell you who your super-duper secret date's going to be. No. It's Joe Biden or it's Donald Trump. You can be upset about that all you like, but the reality is you only get upset about this in an election cycle. If you really want things to change, let me give you a bit of advice. Start working your caboose off right now for 2028. That's right. This requires you to do some work. You can't just sit there and, well, that's not the candidate I want, so unless they put my candidate in there, I'm going to throw a temper tantrum. Come on, man. You got to be better than that. You have to understand there's a system in place. So fine, you don't like a certain candidate. You can't change that once the primary season's going on. You, if there was another candidate you liked, they should have declared pff, February of last year. So that's what I'm telling you to do. Get to work. Start a grassroots campaign. You've got to get offices in every state up and running, ready to go. You've got to start getting funding put together. You've got to start coming up with a platform and a strategy. Are you going to try to run as a, a Democrat? Are you going to try to run as an independent? Fine. Knock yourself out. The problem is, is that we as a society are lazy and that's required. That, that's a lot of work. I, I didn't want to do it that way. I just, I just want everyone to agree with me and put the person I want in charge in charge. Doesn't work that way. So if you really want to have a different choice in 2028, chop, chop, time to get to work. Off you go. You got a lot of work to do and you may not even win. But that's the reality of it. This election cycle is two different candidates. It's Donald Trump and Joe Biden. It's the Donald Trump, the actual crap sandwich, feces between two pieces of bread. And Joe Biden, who I think he is a, you know, a, a delicious burger over at Matt's, a Juicy Lucy. I like him. I'm with it most of the time. But even if you do not like Joe Biden, at worst, He is the Arby's beef and cheddar. Not the sandwich anyone really wants, but it's still food. And that is the difference. On one side, you actually have food with Joe Biden, something that's edible, that will not make you sick, that will not kill you. On the other side, 
You have feces between two pieces of bread. And all of his supporters keep taking big old bites of it saying, it's delicious. (laughs) As he makes their lives worse and worse and worse. And they've got to convince you that instead of getting the Arby's beef and cheddar, which is actual food, you need to go get the, the crap sandwich. And you want to know the truth is, with some Democrats, they're doing a great job of it. Because you're not seeing the world out there. An election is not just about who you want to win. Elections are also about who you don't want to win. And if anyone looks at me and says, boy, oh boy, Joe Biden, I'd rather have Trump in office, you got to be either fake or an idiot. Because I can tell you one thing I do not want is I do not want Donald Trump to have another swing at that White House. That would be disastrous for this country, and I don't think this country would survive. I think democracy itself would be over in the United States of America. It's that simple. So not only are you voting for a candidate of your choice, which might not resonate with you. They might not have given you the foot rub. They might not have made you breakfast in bed. But they still, you agree with them more often than not. And... When you look at the other side of the aisle, they won't destroy democracy. Ta-da! You keep thinking to yourselves, there's no consequences for your behavior. And we, in the last 25 years, have had some of the most disastrous policies and disastrous things happen to this country because Democrats decided that they didn't resonate with me. You got played like a fool, like a chump. You got played. Well, I'm, I'll be damned if this veteran's going to go down without a fight. I'll be damned if I am just going to sit back and watch as my country slips into the seventh circle of Trump. I'm not going to allow that to happen, so I'm going to be every day here talking about if you don't vote for Joe Biden, whether that's voting for Trump or sitting it out, you're voting for Donald Trump. And no, I'm not going to tolerate you when you say, well, I didn't want that to happen. Because then you're a stupid moron if at this point you can't see the dangers of allowing a tyrant into the White House. You're a fool. And once again, this is not about blind obedience. You can be upset with policies. Governor Walls, line three, come on, what the hell are you doing there, man? I love Governor Walls. I think Governor Walls here in the state of Minnesota is a great governor. But he's done some things I disagree with. I disagree with him vetoing the Uber bill. Absolutely. But I'm not about to think about, well, I'm going to sit this election out. Because I agree with the guy on 95% of the things. It really is that simple. If you do not like Joe Biden, or if you do not like Donald Trump, then fine. Get off your ass and start working for either a third-party candidate or the Democratic candidate of your choice. Don't just sit there on the sidelines and wait till the last second. It's like, well, I don't like them. Well, that's what you got. What's to like?
You don't like it? Fine. But I'm going to tell you what, I'll go with democracy and a guy I agree with 90, 95% of the time and Joe Biden than Donald Trump. Really, is this, are you guys still having this discussion? Babies in cages. This election is about so much more. Now, I pointed out, Palestine, yeah, Trump and the Republicans want to gun down everyone in that, the Gaza Strip. The border, they want to start shooting immigrants, shoot them, ask questions later. But the reality is, everything else on the ballot this year is so freaking important. Birth control, LGBTQ rights, women's rights over their own bodies, minority rights, a strong you know, you know, white male first relapse if Trump gets into the office. For God's sakes, we can't, I don't want that to happen again. Massive cutting of social safety net programs, massive tax cuts for the super wealthy, and more taxes for the middle and lower class to pay for it. That's if Trump wins. The end of affordable health care if Trump wins. The end of Ukraine for if Trump wins. The end of fair elections if Trump wins. The end of America if Trump wins. There's a hell of a lot riding on this election and you sitting back and having a pity party because you didn't get your freaking bunions rubbed is pissing me off. So put on your big kid pants, go on out there and start working to save this country that you so, so-called love. Because you know what? I am every single day. Vote for Joe Biden. America depends on it. We'll take a break. Come back. It's the Matt McNeil Show. It is the Matt McNeil Show. Damn right I'm getting hot about this, man. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. So uh, a few things about, uh, first of all, Fannie Wills, because I was mentioning this earlier. This is the final day of testimony in this attempt to try to overturn or, or remove her as the uh, the prosecutor in this RICO case in Georgia. The hearing uh, whether to disqualify Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis from the, action, uh, from the election interference case has concluded without a ruling from the judge. Scott uh, McAfee did not rule on the request brought by several defendants to kick Willis off the case. He said he would be issue a ruling in the matter of the next two weeks. There are several legal issues to sort through, several factual determinations that I have to make. He said, those are the ones I can't make at this moment, and so I'll be taking the time to make sure I give this case a full consideration. Uh, basically, as you can imagine, the DA's uh, attorney uh, described the star witness as a disgruntled former partner. Um the, the, the basically they said they didn't prove there was no there there that basically since they couldn't prove that they were dating before he was hired, which was a big part of their case, that that kind of really damaged their case. But the reality is that they, they have no evidence that Fannie Willis did not pay him back all this money. And they all are saying she paid him back. And as a matter of fact, you even had the Napa Wine Valley guy. Didn't they have that guy from Napa come on out and say, yeah, she paid with cash. She had tons of cash on her. So... There's not a lot. There's no there there. This is it really is seeming like a Hail Mary. Now, will I will I say that she will not she won't be kicked off the case? Uh, there's tons of politics going on, um, you know, that 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 kind of point to that that probably will not happen. Uh, you know, and the judge even early on in today's hearing said he he suggested discipline, not disqualification 
could be the solution if District Attorney Willis lied. So that would be something on a different scale. So it's seeming like this is not going to go anywhere. But once again, I guarantee you calls are being made. Favors are being called in. I don't know what the political aspirations of this judge are, but he already sort of has said, you know, I'm not, you know, there's no there there. So uh, we had Dr. Joe Eastman on yesterday. He's our COVID modeling expert. And he basically, he did, first of all, uh, the the MMR vaccine. If you are elderly or if you're not sure, uh, you can go get another MMR vaccine, the measles, mumps, rubella. And once again, measles is the, the key. And as he talked about early yesterday, that with the elderly particularly, that the measles vaccination can actually wear off to a point in time and you don't want that to happen. So, you know, there are options. Talk to your doctor about this. See if it's something that's viable for you. And if you can, you might want to get a booster on the MMR. Uh, that's one thing he wanted me to mention. So there you go, Dr. Joe mentioned. Uh, Americans who test positive for COVID-19 no longer need to stay in isolation for five days. Well, that's a disturbing. That That's a, that's a need of the crotch. Uh, that so-called a U.S. health official announced this on Friday. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention changed its longstanding guidance saying that people can return to work or regular activities if their symptoms are mild and improving, and it's been a day since they had a fever. <sighs> the otherwise known as the walk-it-off method of healing. Yes. The change comes at a time when COVID-19 is no longer the public health menace it once was, although it still is. It's just you're kind of ignoring it. Uh, it dropped from being the nation's third leading cause of death early in the pandemic to 10th last year. Only the 10th. Like, that's a good thing. Like, and, and by the way, is it 10th or did a lot of people stop listing COVID as the cause of death? And the actual cause is much higher. But, you know, potato, potato. It's just the 10th leading cause of death, even in your scenario. So heaven forbid we take that seriously. Yikes. From the same people who said, what do you mean we should regulate guns? What do you mean people are dying? Most people have some degree of immunity to the coronavirus and the past vaccinations from infections. I'll get my vaccine every time. Uh, some experts worry the change may increase the risk of infection for people who are more vulnerable to developing severe illness. Yeah, I would say that that is a bit of a concern that if all of a sudden you take typhoid Mary and let her run through the senior home, yeah, you're going to probably have some issues with that. But, you know, that's just me. That's just me. Heaven forbid we try to teach a health crisis that killed off over a million people in this country. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. You just put grandpa on the boat and light it on fire. Off she goes. I mean, easy peasy. As a matter of fact, the fishing will be good in the next few weeks. With the, uh, they'll, they'll be right in there. Great. Good, good. Thank, thank God we got the priorities set. The other story I saw about COVID, God, this, uh, I don't know. Patrick, were you here the day I talked about all the delivery liquor services during 2000, 2001? And my concern that this might not be the best idea. I don't think I was here for that. <laughs> oh, that was, it was kind of just one of those things like, okay, there's a lot of people are basically sitting in, a, in their, their places and they're not leaving and they're not being social. Do we really want to introduce booze? Isn't that how like all the old voyagers died? They were stuck in a cabin from basically November until April and with a, you know, a barrel of hooch and they'd come by and find them dead. Yeah or crazed well there were there's it does seem like the the liquor did play a 
a fairly tragic role in the, the pandemic. There were 488 deaths per day, per day from excessive drinking in the U.S. during the height of the pandemic from 2020 to 2021. Part of a surge in alcohol-related fatalities seen over five years, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported. The increased availability of alcohol carryout and home delivery may have been a factor, you think, along with stress, social isolation, and general delays seeking medical care. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm no doctor, but I don't think you know Jack Daniels is the solution for your COVID. Deaths linked to excessive drinking among women rose about 35% and about 27% for men during the five-year period. The CDC and Canadian Institute for Substance Use Research looked at 58 conditions directly or indirectly connected to the excessive alcohol use. The average annual number of deaths rose about 29% uh, from uh, during 2016 to 2017 and then during 2020 to 2021. So 29% more deaths. That broke down to an annual increase of more than 25,000 among males and more than uh, uh, 15,000 um, among females. Death rates for women were highest from heart disease and stroke, while most of the male deaths were attributed to chronic conditions from alcohol use. U.S. deaths and emergency room visits linked to excessive alcohol also have been trending up upward in the last two decades. But, you know, that's that's that was a, it, it was a tough time. But at the same time, I just, I, yeah, I'm not surprised by this. I am not surprised by this at all. Chicago, have a good weekend. All my best. Minneapolis, St. Paul, hour two. That's up next. Hour number two of the show here on your Friday. Good to have you with us today. Matt and Patrick, 952-946-6205. By the way, Patrick, our Fish Fry Friday location is IHM tonight. I'm going to order in my killer heart of Mary over in Minnetonka. They do a a solid, they do a solid endeavor. So... Uh, so how much do you kind of mix in? Like, that place was so good, I got to get back there versus, you know, hitting up a new joint. There is a reason I have been trying to go to as many churches as I can. Now, okay, so not every church does the Fish Fry Friday every Sunday of Lent, or every Friday of Lent. They don't generally do it. I mean, some churches do it early. Some churches do it late. Depends on the church. Uh, so that kind of limits my options. There is something else. Like I got kids coming home from college because spring break for the University of Minnesota and stuff are is coming up. So we're kind of trying to coordinate with that a little bit. Uh, so, so that's why we're kind of just doing one that's closer to our house. I live in Hopkins, so that's kind of closer there, but I've, I've got a plan to go on out to St. Paul, uh, I think in two weeks, I'm going to be out in St. Paul for one of theirs. I want to try to go do this because I mean, folks, let me tell you something. You generally can't go wrong with a fish fry in a church. You just can't. They do a pretty good job. And there are a lot of great restaurants that have them too. Absolutely. Go out and enjoy it. I think it's one of the better parts of Lent, frankly, is Fish Fry Fridays. But there you go. Enjoy. Bon appetit. That's when I'm doing this. But I, I do kind of change it around a little bit there. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Listener Appreciation Week continuing uh, today. We have, oh, you're going to like this one. I got a $50 gift bottle to Vinaigrette. If you've not been to Vinaigrette, they are fantastic. Now, I'm a cook. And I love cooking, and I've got, I've got a wife that loves salads, and so it's it's just a fantastic place. It's a fantastic place. 
lots of different varieties of vinegars. You're going to find a lot of great things over there with a lot of great flavors, stuff that works well with meat, stuff that works well with vegetables, stuff you know that you, you can make marinades with, just really good stuff. And if you win it, you'll go to the store by April 30th and pick out what you want. It's a $50 value there. And so, yeah, that's coming up. Vinaigrette, a $50 gift uh, bottle of vinegar to vinaigrette. That's coming up sometime this hour. And a reminder, we got the grand prize. It's going to be huge. Huge, 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 huge. It's going to be huge for the uh, the Listener Appreciation Month. Uh, I know most of the details. I still can't say anything. I still I, I still have a restraining order, so I can't say anything. But once again, I want to remind you all the ways you can do this. Okay, so you listen to my show. I'm giving away, once again, the Vinaigrette gift certificate today. Native Roots Radio has occasionally got some stuff to give away. Ghost Box Radio at night with Bakken's got some stuff to give away. Listen to the shows. Enjoy that. The other side of it is you can go to our digital footprint. Uh, is the AM 950 Facebook page. Like the Facebook page. Like and post on the, the posts that we make. Make comments on those posts there. That will get you entered in. Go sign up for the email newsletter. That's at am950radio.com. You do that. Guess what? You're going to learn other ways you can sign up. On Monday, we're doing the Wheel of Destiny again, so we're going to have more giveaways then. Make sure you're here. And uh, like I said, listen for your chance to give away. Or not, not you're not going to give away anything. I mean, that would be kind of a like a Monty Python bit. Uh, <laughs> it's time for blackmail. Uh, so uh, <laughs> still one of the better uh, segments I ever did on that show. Uh, no, you, your chance to win. I'm going to be giving away the $50 gift, uh, gift uh, bottle to Vinaigrette. Listen for your chance to win coming up later on today. So Patrick, I got an over under for you. Tuesday is super Tuesday here in Minnesota. It will be super. What is the over under on Dean Phillips, the amount of votes he gets? I uh, will go 900. <laughs> well, not, you're going with the, no, that's, that's pretty low. I'm going with a percentage. Just what, what's your over under on a percentage? What, what percentage does he take of the, the, the Democratic vote? 0.1. Wow, really? Wow. Uh, Dean, uh, that, the, I, I don't think he's, he's by himself on this. I am going to give him a homer call. But if he gets over 6%, I'll be shocked. I would be shocked. I think I'm going to be shocked if he gets close to 6. But I don't think he's got a chance at that. And the question it comes in is that, I mean, if you're waiting for Super Tuesday and you're going to do this, dude, I'm going to just let you know, I do not think you've got a chance in 2028. I don't think anyone is like, you know, whatever happened to that plucky uh, Dean Phillips? No, no one's going to be like that in 2028. I just I'm going to make a suggestion that you know if this goes as badly as I think it will for you on Monday because that's Minnesota that's your home state you know and and hopefully Marianne Williamson doesn't beat you here holy God but yeah I, I I'd be shocked if he gets six I'd be shocked I, my my guess is that but that Biden will probably be somewhere you know it depends on the you know anyone but Biden vote that that they're doing in the primary as a protest. I don't know if it's going to resonate as much as it did in Michigan. My guess is he's going to be somewhere around 90, 90 95. That'd be my guess. And then the 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 scraps are for everyone else. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. I have to tell you, I've had a lot of feedback after the reformer story I published and talked about yesterday. And I wanted just to touch on it again. Because there's a lot of people that are really kind of scared about this. Remember the last hour when I was talking about what's on the line 
for this election cycle? How about freedom of religion? Because clearly there's a lot of people out there that do not want you to have freedom of religion. And once again, freedom of religion is not just about what religion you choose to have in your life. It's about not having a religion that you don't want in your life forced upon your life. Nearly three in 10 Minnesotans, including a majority of the Republicans, told Christian nationalists, uh, hold Christian nationalist views, according to a new survey by the Public Religion Research Institute. Here were the five questions they asked. The U.S. government should declare America a Christian nation. U.S. laws should be based on Christian values. If the U.S. moves away from our Christian foundations, we will not have a country anymore. Being Christian is an important part of being truly American and the most disturbing one. God has called Christians to exercise dominion over all areas of American society. So basically, um, if you agreed with all five of those statements, you were called an adherent. If you supported most of them, you were categorized as a sympathizer. People disagreeing with most of the five terms were called skeptics, and those rejecting all five were dubbed rejectors. Now, I am a Christian. I would reject all five, reject all five of those easily, easily, and I'm a Christian. The of the 450 Minnesotans surveyed, eight percent were adherents. Where also nearly 10 percent agreed with every element I just said, all five of those points, including forcing religion onto other people. 20% were sympathizers. It doesn't break down which of the five they disagreed with, but 20% were on board with most of it. The majority of people in the state were against it or skeptical or rejected all five, which were once again, 39% were skeptical, 49 or 29% rejected all five notions. So that gets you up to 68% of the state is against the idea of a Christian nation. But, and 29% are, are, you know, once again, rejectors, completely rejecting all five of those statements, and only 8% were adherents. So the vast majority of people in this state are against this kind of clown, car, uh, clown carnery. Clown carnery. How about I say it like that? There you go. Clown carnery. Uh, most of the people in the state are against it. But once again, the impact to the Republican Party, you welcomed in the psychopathic right, and here you go. The clown car is all filled up with gas and down the road you go. In Minnesota, 53% of Republicans are either adherents or sympathizers. 53% of Republicans. A majority of Republicans are on board with, not, if not all, most of the following five statements. The U.S. government should declare America a Christian nation. The U.S. law should be based on Christian values. If the U.S. moves away from our Christian foundations, we will not have a country anymore. Being Christian is an important part of being truly American. God has called Christians to exercise dominion over all areas of American society. They either agree with all of them or most of them. Now, it should be noted, once again, this is not about Christianity. This is about their version of Christianity. This is about the Republican talking points filtered version of the Bible, which pretty much omits all the peace, love, caring, compassion that Jesus said gets rid of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They can't stand those because he tells you very clearly to love one another, feed the hungry, take care of the sick, welcome in strangers from strange lands. He tells you all that stuff. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this Trump-filtered version of Christianity, which is basically you know stop all abortions and hate gay people, and that's what it is. 
That's what they want to put on. And this is not just me. Even the evangelical Trump fans have said, on average, they go to church once a year. And if you dive dig, dived deeper into that study that, when that came out, they were saying it's because they didn't agree with a lot of things that were being said in the church, namely the stuff that Jesus told us to do. Love one another, care for each other, that sort of thing. So they show up for Easter, or probably they, they, they probably show up for, uh, for Christmas or Easter or one of the two, and that's it for the most part, if they do even that. The, the thing which is kind of scary... Um, that brought in what was, was a little bit alarming by people was the amount of people that also kind of um, suggested that there should be some sort of armed conflict at the end of all of this. That if they can't have their way, it's time for them to grab a gun and start putting bullets into their neighbors' heads. Um, support for Christian nationalism is especially high in conservative rural states in neighboring North Dakota, for instance. Truly, fully half the adult population espouses Christian nationalist views. Support also high in Republican strongholds along the Gulf Coast as well as parts of Appalachia. Christian nationalists see political struggles through the apocalyptic lens of revolution and violence, according to the report. Roughly half of the adherents or sympathizers, half of the people that agreed with all or most of those five statements believe there is a storm coming soon that will sweep away the elites in power and restore the rightful leaders. Additionally, more than one-third of the Christian nationalists agree that because things have gotten so far off track, true American patriots may have to resort to violence to save the country. Just, you know, the, just uh, you know, a third of Christian nationalists, which, by the way, once again, that's half the half the Republican Party. So basically a sixth of the Republican Party, a sixth of the Republican Party has basically now said it's time to resort to violence to save the country. And once again, not because of Christian values, but because of the Republican version of Christian values. Because once again, I don't know any Republican that's for feeding the hungry, taking care of the sick, welcoming in strangers from strange lands, direct teachings from Christianity. They want to ignore those, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, a.k.a. he was against guns. He was against war. He was he loved and cared for everybody that was there. He didn't he didn't demand people jump through hoops for him. He understood religion was an individual thing and he just basically was there for every person. Blessed are the peacemakers, that sort of thing. Or as Monty Python said, blessed are the cheesemakers. <laughs> Which he's referring to all dairy products at this point. <laughs> Funny movie, man. That being said, no, you, we need to understand where this is going. And yeah, when Trump loses, because damn it, everyone needs to get out and vote. When Trump loses, I'm concerned about where some of these people are going to go. I don't think they're, they've got, I, I, they're clearly not going to go into like the inner city. I mean, I think they're just too scared of stuff like that. They've convinced themselves it's something that it's not. But would I be concerned if, like, there was a county official in rural parts of the country that was a Democrat or a Democratic Party headquarters out in rural parts of the state? I'd be very concerned about that. Because you've given these people, the, the, this, this, this group of deplorables, the people that 
we've never been a viable political element. The kind of people who basically threaten their exes that if you're not going to love me the way I want you to love me, I'm going to force you the way to love me the way I want you to love me. That is kind of what is driving the Republican Party right now. And we should not take this lightly because this problem, because the Republican Party has not nipped this in the bud 20 years ago when they should have, I think things are, are might just get worse. They might just get worse. It's terrifying. Forget the six. Look at how they're reacting over a flag. Oh, they're just, it's just the saddest group of people. It is just is. And yet this is, this is what the Republican party, one of the two major parties in this country, this is what they've become a party where the majority of the people in this state that are part of the Republican party believe in Christian nationalism and a sixth of that, uh, of, of, of that party, one sixth of that party believes it's time for armed conflict. Yeah, that's terrifying. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. You would not believe your eyes if 10 million fire. By the way, I'm excited. I got to go see that. I'm going to look forward to that, and that's uh, next week. I'm going to go see that. Looking forward to that. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. If I may say happy birthday, Representative Rick Hansen, who we've had on the show numerous times. Happy birthday to you, sir, out there fighting for our environment uh, and doing a very good job. He has come up with a heck of an idea here. Now, it is not a big surprise. We have had a war on the water supplies of rural parts of the state and 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 we are still somewhat lucky i think here in the metro you get further downstream on the mississippi even the big metros are having troubles now um insane amount of fertilizers phosphorus bad chemicals in the water from the farming in some cases water rights being sold off by republicans and in states where basically it's you know they don't they don't have enough water for their own people in corporate use or abuse by agricultural where they're basically draining the water aquifer and having forcing towns who are running dry of water have to drag, dig down deeper and deeper and deeper. This is a consistent problem and it's only going to get worse, especially as we, I don't know, don't have any snow to offset the base of water. You know, it's little things, you know. Well, the fertilizer, there was that, that story, was it the strip that had that story of the... Um, the terrifying down by by Rochester there, kind of northwest of Rochester, the uh, the story of the the, the cancer row uh, where all the people in that one specific area all got cancer and died, and they kind of take it back to the, the the fertilizers and everything that are in the water, and that's probably what caused it. And so yeah, we we got a pretty big problem here. Um, a Minnesota House committee has advanced a plan on Thursday to tax fertilizer and use the proceeds to deliver clean drinking water to areas affected by farm pollution. This is an excellent idea. The House Agriculture Committee voted to advance the fertilizer tax bill authored by Representative Rick Hansen, the birthday boy, the DFLer from South St. Paul, who will now move to the House Environmental Committee, which Hansen chairs. The bill still needs to overcome significant op- opposition, especially from the influential farm lobby if it's to become law. 
Minnesota state agencies must take action to address farm pollution in southeastern Minnesota, or federal authorities have been warned they'll consider enforcement action. So basically, I want to make sure we understand, because the farm sector is going to come out and they're going to basically say, well, we're working really, 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 really hard at trying to stop this and not doing a damn thing. They're not doing a damn thing. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. They want their profits are the most important thing. And so what they want is the ability to look at the federal government's like, well, look at them fighting us. Just earnest little farming communities. When the reality is, is that we, we could try to fix this stuff ourselves. And I got to give credit to, to Rick Hansen. This is a brave bill to put forward. But for every rural person who is like, how dare you try to do this? You know, let me, you trust your drinking water? Do you like having a faucet in your house and yet you have to go buy water in, in bottles over at, 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 at the grocery store that you can't? I drink water out of my faucet in my house. I've got good water. I don't really, I, I, I take that for, I know I take that for granted because there's a heck of a lot of communities in this state that you cannot do that in. And if you sit there and you say, the cost of everything is going up. You know what's costing you a lot more than it would cost if it came out of the freaking tap in your house? Water. It's that simple. If you could trust the water from your system, you could turn on the water in your, in your house and just get a glass. And there you go. Bing. Done. Minimal payment with your water bill. You're set. Instead... You got people out there because they don't want to fix this problem. They don't want to change the system that they've got. They did, God forbid we stop looking at the profit margins of these, these companies. They basically are like, no, 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 no. You're fine. Just keep going. You, you can get a two-for-one coupon on a $20, 12, uh, you know, 24-pack of bottles of water. You know, who doesn't like plastic? Yeah, exactly. Um. I, I hope this goes through. Um, lawmakers on opposite sides of the aisle proposed two potential solutions to the issue, one largely in line with the state's current farmer-approved approach, encouraging farmers to voluntarily implement practices to reduce fertilizer runoff, and another, the fertilizer tax, which should shift the state's approach to nitrate pollution by placing the cost burden on the farmers. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's but we got to fix it. You know, it's, it's funny. First of all, I love the voluntary approach. Do you remember when, I think it was in the state of New Hampshire, uh, when we were having the discussion on whether or not we should have paid sick leave for workers? And I think that was the bill. I think it was paid sick leave. And they said, well, we, we, we shouldn't force this on the, the businesses. We should, we should give it a voluntary and, and, you know, let them do it and give them a tax break if they do it. And people went, because th that actually existed in New Hampshire, and they went and looked and less than like 2% of the state's businesses offered paid sick leave. Well, that doesn't do you any good because you still need to have it. So we, we did the right thing and we made the businesses give paid sick leave. That's volunteer, voluntary implementation is nothing. That's basically people saying, good, I don't have to worry about it. So it's time for us to start acting. And frankly, I mean, I'm going to maybe be a little bit, you know, I, I don't mind helping out rural Minnesota with my Minneapolis-St. Paul tax base. But the fact that we seem to almost every year have to have 
massive overhauls to water treatment facilities or we're dr- we're drilling new drills uh, new well holes for you know communities I, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing I mean uh, we had a fire at a at a grain elevator and they didn't have enough water they actually had to have the fire trucks bring water in with them that's in the land of 10,000 lakes are we serious all right Nitrates are the byproduct of commercial fertilizer and livestock manure, and water polluted with nitrates is a threat to human health. Nitrate pollution is especially prevalent in southeastern Minnesota, where the terrain quickly uh, shuttles surface water to underground aquifers. The committee will hear the farm lobbying approved proposal authored by Representative Steve Jacob, the Republican from Altura. Once again, that's the, hey, you don't really have to do a dang thing, Bill. Jacobsville would add a tax credit to the benefits already available for farmers who participate in the existing Minnesota Agriculture Water Quality Certification Program, which certifies producers to make the measure to reduce nitrate pollution and prioritizes them in a technical and financial assistance program. So once again, using metro area taxpayer dollars to offset this. A tax credit. The Hansen legislation would levy a 99-cent fee per ton of nitrogen fertilizer sold to fund the assistance program for people who private wells are polluted. The fee would increase if the amount of fertilizer sold in the state also increases. A slew of farm groups testified against the fertilizer tax, including the Minnesota Farmers Union, Minnesota Farm Bureau, and the Minnesota Corn Growers Association. I recognize that where people are dying and stuff. Well, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm adding stuff here. So let me read what the actual quote is. Uh, you know, and I'm actually, this is the Hansen quote. I recognize there's a great opposition to this bill. I expect that who served on the nitrate pollution tax force for 35 years ago, Republicans and the committee expressed concern with adding another cost to farmers bottom line as farm revenue and commodity prices are decreasing. Do you know what adds cost to a farmer's bottom line? You know, it does cancer. Yeah, it does. It does it by having to buy buy bottled water. Instead of using the stuff out of the tap. Yep, it does. That adds to the, the farmer's bottom line. You don't want to talk about that, though. You don't want to talk about the cost of cancer. And not just the farmer's cancer, but their kid's cancer, and their wife's cancer, and their grandfather's cancer. All from nitrates. Because that's getting pricey. But tell me how a 99 cents is a bridge too far. Heck. You know how much it costs a 24 a 24 pack of bottled water? I think it's like seven eight dollars. Heck, you can get seven tons of nitrates for that money. And guess what? You might be able to save that money every week from not buying water, having to buy water at the store. Uh, farmers are doing the best they can. Techniques are improving," said Representative Paul Anderson, Republican from Starbuck. I would much rather encourage an incentive approach than rather than a required fee. And this is going to be the same guy. This is going to be the same exact guy who sits there when the federal government comes in. It's like, well, you got too many people dying of cancer. Look at the government is pushing their agenda on us. Yeah, to save your lives. Heaven forbid. Nearly three-fourths of nitrogen in Minnesota surface water originates from cropland, according to a new data from the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency. Drinking water with high levels of nitrate can cause uh, the, 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 the blue baby syndrome a potential life-threatening condition affecting the blood's ability to carry oxygen throughout the body. Nitrates have also been linked to thyroid disease and certain cancers. The Environmental Protection Agency issued a letter in November to the Minnesota agencies tasked with addressing agriculture and pollution. The MPCA said the State Department of Health and Agriculture stating the state authorities aren't doing enough to address the nitrate pollution. The Minnesota Department of Ag- and I guarantee you a voluntary approach ain't going to do squat. 
It is. You, I know you guys like to put it on a bow and find the one farmer who's doing it, but you need every farmer on board, and you already know that every farmer is not going to do it. And so you're not doing squat when you say, well, it's a voluntary approach. We're trying hard. No, you're not. You're not doing it. You're dying of cancer. But what, what, Joe Biden? What? I mean, come on, man. I'm trying to, we're trying to save your lives, your kids' lives. Uh, the Minnesota Department of Agriculture has long offered programs to reward farmers for voluntary adopting practices that reduce nitrogen loss. In addition to the Minnesota Agriculture Water Control Certification Program, the state officials grants and loans for farmers to grow cover crops, obtain technology to improve soil health, and implement best management practices. Can I bring a quick side note in here, if I can? Uh, the Native Americans figured all this stuff out. <laughs> Their farming practices, reading about Native American farming practices is amazing. They were so, I mean, they were amazing. They could get crops to grow in the desert. They were that good at it. And here we are. You know, you know those chemicals you're putting on the plants? Yeah. It's killing everybody. Oh, really? That's, that's bad. Yeah, but I'm not going to stop it. Oh, okay. Did you say they were killing everybody? Sure. Yeah. Cancer, bad, horrible things, but I'm not going to stop it. Because I'm a farmer, darn it. I'm independent. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, why didn't you stop me from doing the thing that was clearly being killing me, which everyone was telling me was killing me? How come you didn't stop me? You should go read that article about the cancer road and all the people that were dying of cancer down there. Because I'll tell you what, if nothing gets you to a point where you say to yourself, you know what, I got we got to fix this. That I I don't, yeah, I don't know. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Hey, guess what? It's Listener Appreciation Month. That's right. Uh, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. How about a gift bottle worth $50 from Vinaigrette? That's right, a $50 gift bottle from Vinaigrette right now. Caller number 5, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Caller number 5, you'll get the $50 gift bottle to Vinaigrette. Good luck with that. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. is the Matt McNeil Show. Patrick, who is our winner of the $50 vinaigrette bottle? Bill from Minneapolis. Congratulations. Bill from Minneapolis. Congratulations. You get to go over to uh, vinaigrette. Uh, it is this is a slick deal here. Go to the store by April 30th. You get to pick out what they what, what you want there. It's a $50 value. Enjoy that. Vinaigrette is fantastic. Go tell them Matt McNeil told you to stop on by. I go there often. It is fantastic, and I love that place. Vinaigrette. 952-946-6205. Reminder, Wheel of Destiny returns on Monday, and I got, I got some big things to give away next week. <laughs> we do. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Patrick, do you want to do show? Shall I dive into the sports world for the rest of the show today? Well, if that's up to you. Go for it. Nah, why not? I mean, I could, I could, I could do some doom and gloom, but. No one does doom and gloom better than the Minnesota Vikings. So, <laughs> uh, so question for you, Patrick. Uh, Kirk Cousins, do you think he's going to be a Viking by the time we get to the end of all this? I think more and more 
no. I think there are just teams who just are just going to throw so much money. It's uh, the Atlanta Falcons are kind of the new hot team that's come into the mix, and it's if there are just that many teams that you know, and, and the Vikings and Cousins are there, there will be mutual interest, but there are just going to be teams who are like, no, will we will give you more money? Uh, you know, I and and. and I know this is going to rile up some people, but I still don't discount San Francisco. They've linked with Cousins for years, and Purdy is a good quarterback. But you know that you know that that doesn't mean he doesn't anything. he doesn't get them there at the end. Uh, no, um, the next two weeks are going to be dramatically shape the Vikings for the years to come. The team has until March thirteenth. To resign quarterback Kirk Cousins, if not, he becomes a free agent. The Vikings will incur a $28.5 million charge against their salary cap, all but guaranteeing that Cousins' days in Minnesota are over. Letting Cousins walk means the team's competitive rebuild that started two years ago will become a full rebuild, which the team hasn't done since 2014. It also means they'll be searching for a quarterback of the future, likely in the NFL draft which I was kind of hoping they didn't have to do because I think they need a, wider, a running back more, you know, definitely in that class as well. Cousins has been a very good quarterback for the Vikings. He's endeared himself to the fans, but his large salaries have made it difficult for the team to surround him with enough talent to make a deep playoff run. In six seasons here, he's been paid $185 million, made the playoffs just twice. Vikings football. <laughs> Winning just one postseason game. If the Vikings don't have to pay Cousins something like $40 million a year, the going rate for a franchise QB these days, they'll be able to spend that money shoring up their defense, which desperately needs the infusion of talent. The team could be impending free agent pass rusher uh, Daniil Hunter to sign a similar type of player. They could also have more flexibility to offer contract extensions to wide receiver Justin Jefferson and left tackle Christian Derrissaw, both franchise cornerstones. Although Jefferson is Jefferson come back from his uh stand that he's he only wants to go play with cousins. I haven't heard any updates on that. All right. Um the head coach Kevin O'Connell made it clear they want cousins back. Cousins has hinted he wants a guaranteed contract behind beyond twenty twenty four, so this next season. While the team might be hesitant to sign a long term deal with a thirty five year old rehabbing from Achilles injury. At the end of the day, we have interest. He has his. We would uh, and we get to the table and we see if we can figure out a creative solution and how to meet in the middle. That's uh, the plan from the Vikes. Well, I think I, I heard a story that the Vikings feel as if the offer they have put on the table will be the best offer that Ke- Cousins is going to get put forward. <sighs> It would be on brand for the freaking Atlanta Falcons to sign this guy. I, okay. He's coming off an Achilles injury. He's coming off an Achilles injury. That's not a ma- minor injury. And I'm sure he'll tell you I'm feeling good. It's, it's, it's you know, things are, you know, things are healing and all this stuff. Every player is going to go for your ankles, dude. Every player is going to go for your ankles. Every one of them. They know, you know, it, whatever team you are on, they know if Kirk Cousins isn't on the field, their backup is a big step down from where they're at. They're going to be targeting your ankles and your Achilles and trying to make you take a, a stretcher off the field again. 
you I I I you gotta be careful with something like this. Now the doctors might come back and say, you know what, it looks as healthy as ever. Okay, fine. But you know, you you the Vikings, the twins to a point, the wild the teams have gotten themselves into a standard which is frustrating as a fan. This is one of the reasons why I really am enjoying the Timberwolves this year. Whenever they can, you know, grow up and they play all the way through the third and fourth quarter, heaven forbid you guys do that. But, you know, you look at that team, and it's it's funny because that team is so loaded with talent right now that that you're getting now like the Lakers coming out. It's like, well, they could trade us cat. We'll give them a, you know, a second round pick for cat. That's a fair trade. They're desperately trying to figure out ways they can get team players away from these, that, that team. And you know, they're built and they're built to win. And that's not something you can say about really the twins or the Vikings or, or I, well, the twins are, are better, but, you know, they sure didn't do anything this offseason. As a matter of fact, did they win today? Royce went yard, I saw, with a grand slam. They did win today. They did. So, was that two and four now? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yeah, after uh, Baltimore, what was it, like 13 to four a couple days ago? It wasn't good, it was man. Not good. This is World Series fever is a very curable disease, I think, in Minnesota this year. Uh, I know it's early in spring training, but... Yee. I mean, you're you're hitting against they're like double A AA and triple A pitchers, and you're not you're getting goose egged in some of these games. Come on, man, you got to do better. But the Vikings, I mean, uh, uh, you know, with the Twins, and once again, great player, Hall of Famer now, Joe Maurer. They made a bunch of Joe Maurer fans who happen to be Twins fans, as opposed to Twins fans that love Joe Maurer, and that's just the reality of it. What did we do in the playoffs? Squat. I mean, Maurer was garbage in the playoffs, really. If you, I hate say, saying it. If you look at his numbers, he just, when it mattered, he, he didn't really deliver that much. of it. Like 250 batting average, something like that. Very mediocre. And you look at you look at the players that, that are the top of their game, the ones that are, you know, people look at, at you know, when, it, when it's time to deliver, they deliver. And that hampered that Twins team for a long time. And I think they're, they're finally starting to come out of it. But it was this idea of, you know, we're not going to try to win the game, but we're going to try to be the crowd favorite. And that's a really bad way to try to manage a sports team because you nothing fills up seats faster than championships, something that you're seeing with the Timberwolves. You have a legitimate team that's a contender. Guess what? All of a sudden, seats are full. Stadiums are full. You can charge premium dollar. Your, your jersey sales and the hat sales and all this stuff. When you play this game where you look for one or two fan favorites and you put them out there, sure, their jerseys sell well. And sure, they, they've, they, they're, they're beloved and the, the, the fan base likes them. But the reality is you're not, you're not trying to win. You're just trying to placate. You're just trying to appease the fans just enough to where they keep spending the money and buying the $17 beers. That's what you're doing. The Vikings, they basically, you know, this point that they make, and this is the Axios story on this, the point they make 
in regards to, boy, if you did not have Kirk Cousins on this team, you would free up a ton of money to be able to spend on the defense. And part of me, like, yeah, if you can get some secondary help, you know, another, you know, n- another uh, rusher, linebacker, please. I think that that's a good idea. You could actually have a pretty powerful defense. And our defense overall wasn't horrible last year. It wasn't great, but it wasn't the, it wasn't the worst. So you could end up having a, a dominant defense. You know, I, I don't get the impression this Vikings leadership is the kind that will basically go on out there and just throw a bunch of money at Cousins. And when, like when Joe Maurer, like they, they convinced them, the Twins convinced themselves the Yankees were going to give him more money. So they basically, you know, raided every vault they could to give Maurer as much money. And then you find out after the fact that the, the Yankees had no intention of trying to sign Maurer. They, the twins themselves scared themselves and I guarantee the agents helped too, but they scared themselves into, to, uh, um, you know, offering him far more than anyone else was willing to offer. Was it the Yankees or was it the Boston Red Sox? I know there was Red Sox, wasn't it? Oh, it might have, but both of them had established catchers at the time. So yeah. I don't know what the panic was. The Yankees had Posada and the Red Sox had Jason Veritek. So they I just, don't know what the panic was. They threw $5 million on there and there was no one else bidding for the guy. I, I don't, but you see, is that's the thing is you're not looking at the quality of team. You're looking to placate fans by saying, well, that person's still here. Cousins is going to still be here. The wild, I haven't picked on you, but I'll pick on you big time. You guys have screwed yourself over over there with the Parisi Suter stuff. And you created yourself a situation where your season's over right now. These last two losses you have, your season is over. You're in a rebuilding phase and you don't have any damn money to spend and rebuild with. Because you went and got two guys who they weren't looking to win. And I'm sorry, someone has to say it. They weren't looking to win. They got here. Oh, great. I can, I'm going to be here for a long time. I can buy a house. Kids can get into school like this. Sure, I go on out there. Yeah, I can play. But they, they didn't have any fire. They didn't have any that, that, that competitive edge that you need for a winning team. They basically went out there and it's like, let me wave at the crowd. Hi there, guys. How you doing? Placating the fans. Not trying to win. And we come down to a question here. That is, what is the job of a sports team? If Your job is to win. And that every year you, look, you should be looking at this like, how do I win a World Series trophy or the NFL championship or, or the Stanley Cup? How do I do that? Not, you know, well, if we have this guy here, we'll do three bobblehead days with them and we'll have a jersey giveaway and everybody will be happy. And, you know, hopefully we get a nine and seven and maybe get a, a, a you know, a, a playoff game. Great. So I'm not seeing anything. And once again, if you look at the wild, your season's over. And you've got one of the better players in the league and you're just wasting him in Kaprizov because... You know, and and some decent goalies, but you're wasting them because you basically only cared about placating the fans, not winning the Stanley Cup. And it's embarrassing that the freaking the Las Vegas Golden Knights have a Stanley Cup before the Minnesota Wild do, or the Minnesota North Stars ever did. That's embarrassing. That's a freaking embarrassment. The 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 Twins, I think they've turned the corner. And they still didn't add any pitching, and I don't know where they're going to get that, but I'm not exactly holding my breath. This year's going to be better than last year. With the Vikings, you know what? 
I don't know what you do there. But is your goal to win games or is your goal to basically make the fans say, well, good enough, I'll get my tickets again? Because I got to tell you, I am not exactly, like I said, doom and gloom hour. If I really wanted to have a doom and gloom show, this show would be about sports all the freaking time. Because <laughs> let's face it, the sports in this town suck. <laughs> oh, hey, we got we, we, we got a, a women's hockey team that's in part of a six-team league. You know, if you got to the point where that's like the best story in town, you know, the Gophers may be making the NCAA tournament. Oh God. You know, yeah. I'm yeah, I don't I don't know yeah, this town this town sucks for sports, man. But hey, let's let's go spend another two billion on a stadium. 952-946-6205-952-946-6205. We'll take a break, wrap up the show for the week when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil show on AM nine fifty. the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's Matt McNeil show. You know, I, I, I've thought about doing like a little bit of a, a, a sports broad, you know, a sports podcast or something like that, uh, or something like that. Because I mean, I, I think I, you know, I like, I like sports. I like following them, but it, it is just hard to follow sports in this town. It just is. And you know, how many of us are thinking that if Kirk Cousins gets resigned by the Vikings and halfway through the first game of the season, he is he is permanently out because he's re-injured his Achilles and he's never coming back again. We're out all that money, and Kirk Cousins does a, hey, thanks, Minnesota fans, and walks off in the screen as we are all screwed now for the next three years because he's got guaranteed contracts. You know, or what you know, or are you on the other side of that? Where you think that he's gonna go to another team and then all of a sudden they're Super Bowl contenders, and we're like, why didn't we keep him? Because that's the, that's Vikings football right there. It's one of those two scenarios. That's Vikings football. Because you guys aren't trying to win. You're just trying to placate. All right. So cynical sports time over. Reminder, the Listener Appreciation Month continues. Go to the AM950 Facebook page. Uh, like and uh, comment there. You can get entered in that way. Go to the uh, webpage, am950radio.com. Sign up for the email newsletter. And you can get entered in that way. Of course, listen to Native Roots Radio coming up. Listen to Greg Bakken and Ghost Box Radio tonight. Good stuff there. That way you have chances to win on the live shows here. And a reminder, next week we've got some huge things to give away. And also the Wheel of Destiny making a return. Let's do a little boo thing. Why not? Okay. Yes. Uh, have a great weekend. We are going to be back on a Monday. Until then, see ya. Girl, I know you look too tight. I'll be shooting that shot like 2K. Girl, I know. Tell him I'm telling him I'm next. Tell him you find a little something too fresh. I know. Tell him I'm telling him I'm next. Tell him you find a little something too fresh. I know. Put a little gold in the teeth and the fit good. So I took the doors out the deep. Okay. I see a brother holding your seat. No beef, but I'm trying to get the noise released. Don't take my talking to your own. I can keep it chill like the Sobeon Blunt. I'ma keep it real when your man long gone. If you're looking for a friend, then you got the wrong song. Baby girl, what's good? What's with ya? If you book tonight, that's fiction. I'm outside, no pictures. You want me? Go figure. To the back, to the front. You a 10, baby girl, but I'm the one. Hey, to the back. To the front, you a 10, baby girl, but I'm the one, one. You my little boo thing, so I'll give a hoot what you do, say, girl, I know you a little too tame. I'll be shooting.
shot 